have to give an introduction. You know, 48, 50 mashpiyim talking over here. The Rebbe spoke on Chav Chesnissen that we need one, two, three, maybe ten. And I can't talk for other people. When I was asked to talk, my first gut was like, are you kidding me? I mean, if I, if I figured out the great genius idea to bring Mashiach, I would have implemented it long ago. And me coming and saying, okay, you know, this is the idea. So I remember when I was a Bachar, I was 20 years old, and I was going on Shlichus. We ended up going to Shlichus to Tarasemis. Um, and it was Yeshivik Dela. And the guys over there were literally my age. I was going to go be a Shliach for guys that were a year younger than me, max. And I remember I sat down with a mashpia I knew. I saw, I bumped into him in Tishrei in 770, and I sat across him, and I said, I'll be honest, you know, you're there at Tzadik Nebesh Behemtoy, I know where I'm at, and I'm not shy exactly to fabling with these guys, especially that some of the Chavon Yeshiva, I'm pretty much guaranteed are more chassidish than I am um, at that stage. And instead of giving me the whole thing, yeah, you're not as bad as you think you are, he wasn't telling me, he obviously knew where I really was, <laughs> you are as bad as you think you are. Um, but what he did tell me is, Levi, talk to yourself out loud. That when you fabreng, talk to yourself out loud. And ever since then, I, I've always used that not as an excuse, like, oh, that's a cheap shot. Okay, talk to yourself out loud and now say what you want. You know, can, given the, you could give it to the other person in the head, clap them on the head, but I'm talking to myself out loud. No, for me, that was an, it was a message that says, ask yourself a simple question. What do you need to hear? So, you know, we've been lots of different messages that have been shared throughout the last, I guess, uh, 10 hours. And some of the messages, are like, resonate with my Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas more than others, some less, etc. And... I can only talk about my Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas, what my Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas needs to hear, and that's what I'm going to talk out loud. And apologies if I'm not going to quote 50 sikhs in the next 20 minutes. Um, but I, So starting off with the history. I was six and a half when Chav Chesnissen uh, happened, despite the look on my beard. And I, uh, I don't recall much of the aftermath after. I do remember very clearly as a child, my father, Olav Shalom, used to take me each time to the Fabrengen. And I remember the feeling in Nunu, Nalof, Numbez, that literally, this is in my kid mind, that the clouds are waiting outside for the Rebbe to finish the Fabrengen. They just don't want to interrupt. And the second we finish the Fabrengen, we're going to come out and the clouds are going to take us to Yushalayim. That was in my Kinder Shekap. The, the reality that, like, it was such a Mashiach hype. It was such a intensity. Now, for the last 30 years, each year of we come and ask, what's the message? And I want to start off by saying what Chav is not, at least in my opinion. Chav is not a depressing thought. Chav is not about guilting us. Chav Chesnissen is, in my, again, the way I see it, wasn't a big Chiddush. Yes, the words the Rebbe used were a big chiddush, and like my cousin Rabbi Greenberg expressed earlier. But ultimately, that was what the Rebbe said in Yitzhak Tavshin If That's what the Siddhis Chabad, Sadiq Ramadan as the speaker before me, Rabbi Shachat. But ultimately, the Rebbe set up, if we're here to bring Mashiach, the Mashiach happens not only by the Nasi Adar. The Nasi Adar gives the Kayak for us to bring Mashiach. 
That's the, the very fabric of, of, of Yiddishkeit. So it's definitely not a depressing thought. So what is it? So I think it's important to remember what's at stake. You know, we're sitting and talking over here, Tutal Tzosikent to bring Mashiach. As if in our minds we might sit there thinking, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a small goal and we should feel really heavy about ourselves that 30 years later we didn't do it. Ultimately, bringing Mashiach is the single biggest task that was ever given to any human being in history. And from, as Basil Ligani the Rebbe says, from Avram Avinu, and even from the beginning, from Mother Mauritian, we've been heading in one goal to bring Mashiach. So to be the final one, to be the Makkah to be the one that puts the final clap and brings Mashiach, let's be kind to ourselves. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And just sitting and clapping ourselves, you know, on Malchus, what's with us 30 years later, we did, it's a big deal. I mean, millions of Yidin gave their life from a serious nefesh to bring Mashiach. All the mitzvahs that all our ancestors did were to bring Mashiach. As the Altar says, Kol the same who calls man Meshach Adolos. Everything that was done through Adolos is to bring Mashiach. So let's remember what it, what's at stake. And how big this calling is. It's a huge calling, which obviously means the Rebbe believes in us tremendously. But before we go there, let's remember, this is huge. The Rebbe's coming to a bunch of, forgive the French, whippersnappers, and coming and telling us, you go bring Mashiach. Now let's be honest, the Eight Sahara in the last few years hasn't made it easy. One of the Gemaras that always sticks out to me is the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and Daft Tzadik Ches, where the Gemara quotes a few of the Amirayim, Ula, Rabba, etc. And Ula says the following, I want Mashiach to come, but I don't want to be there. I obviously want to be there after Tchiyas HaMesim, but I don't want to be there. Rabba says the same thing, let him come, but I don't want to be there. Now, simple reading, you must you know, you think, what did they see that they said they don't want to come? What did they see? World War I, World War II, communism. Chances are they saw that. And when Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Moshe fell on his face. When he saw the generation before Moshe comes, he fell on his face. What did he see? Did he see the Holocaust? I'm sure he did. Communism, etc. But ultimately, we're the one given the task to bring Mashiach, the Rashvi. So obviously what they saw was us. So let's, let's analyze, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm assuming negative about any of the listeners. Again, I'm talking about myself. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu see? And what did Rabba see? And what did Ullah see? They saw the internet. They saw smartphones. They saw addiction. They saw abundance whether some of us are more wealthy, less wealthy. When I think of the stories of my grandfather who literally didn't have a piece of bread, Baruch Hashem, I don't think any of us don't have a piece of bread today. They saw COVID. They saw the incredible nisyanus, the tests that we all have in Yerushalayim of fearing heaven without going into too much detail. Each and every one of us knows it. They saw the complexity in marriages, the marriages that work, the marriages that don't work, the marriages that work barely. They saw the chinuch of our kids, off the derech, on the derech, this thing, that thing, challenges, fitting in the system, not fitting in the system, is there a system, is there not a system, all of the Gansa Megillah. 
They saw divorce. They saw the kinderlach with special needs. They saw the new cycle and how despite the fact that I imagine none of us have TV, but Baruch Hashem, thanks to internet, we all know the news more than any of our grandparents ever knew the news. They, they saw the depression. They saw the suicide. They saw the time that we live in that more people die from overeating than undereating. Which is, by the way, a fact. And they said, they saw this, and they all said, Michael Titus. No, thank you. I don't want this. Rabba, Ula. They look at this generation, they say, no, thank you. The Messianists are unbelievable. So again, before we sit there saying how we could bring Mashiach, let's remember what the task is. It's huge. And that the Nisyanists that we, that we struggle with are huge. I remember hearing, I don't know if it was the Satme Deva, the Satme Luv, who said that when my Hasidim see in one train ride from Williamsburg to Manhattan, my Hasidim in the shtetl didn't see their entire lifetime. We're living in a... It, we are. Unless you're one of those that Baruch Hashem literally doesn't have a smartphone, doesn't know what WhatsApp is, you're watching this on some... Uh, I'm not sure how you're watching this if you, if you don't know what the, what the internet is. But maybe you're watching a recording. Someone sent you a VHS later. I don't know. Unless, we're living in a different world, Heather. We're living in, a, in, a, in a, an intense world. When I never said the Sikha, internet didn't exist for most of us. There was maybe a few little places in the New York, in the American government. Not one person over here in 1991, no matter what your age, had an email address knew of the smartphone, even dream, didn't dream about it, didn't know what the internet is, kind of. The Rebbe, I remember in those years, the Rebbe was talking about and uh, broadcasts, and if you remember the big truck outside 770 to broadcast the Rebbe's uh, Hanukkah Live, what big truck today? Today's Zoom, what's it being, what's it? I'm literally sitting in front of my computer with a tiny camera. Thus is this, with an internet. So let's remember the world 30 years later. So is this a guilt-inducing day? Come on, really, you know? So first of all, maybe it is, but it's not any of our right to sit there inducing the other with guilt, because if I brought Mashiach, then I could sit there coming and telling you knew what's with you, but maybe it's my problem more than it's your problem. And this whole idea of one of us talking down to the other as if one of us has the answers, none of us have the answers. The never says he doesn't have the answer. So what we're doing is we're just fabricating with each other, talking to ourselves out loud. And the devil, so, so here, so where am I leading to? The devil is telling a bunch of people, again, forgive me if I'm assuming, full of self-doubt, who spend too much time on their phones, who care a bit too much about American politics, in my humble opinion, who have moved on from instant coffee so long ago that anything less than a $4 freshly brewed coffee is mamish, is, is you know, nishpakovidik, and who spend a bit, a bit too much time signing up for getting points on credit cards. That was turning to us. I'm talking to regular people, not, to, not only to mashpim and yeshiva who are mufshit, who talk Yiddish, who know exactly what happened every single year. You say, what happened to them? What happened in Tavshin Chafei? And they say, ah, Chafei was that. And yeah, and that. Obviously, that was talking to them as well. But he's also talking to the people who are like, what, what are you talking about? He's talking to all of us. Now, I'm going to go on the limb and say this. When Mashiach comes, Merit Hashem, take it from Yad Mamash. We're going to always, our kids and grandchildren are going to learn Chumash. But I believe, 
that there's going to be another book they're going to read. I don't know what the book is called, Chumash 2.0, I don't know what it's called. And it's going to be the story of us. I think just like we are spending the last 3,000 years analyzing Deir HaMidbar, for all eternity, they're going to be analyzing us. And poor Kairach, who thought he's just causing a little faribul, uh, a little like, issue, as they say in South Africa, with Maisha Abenu, for the next 3,000 years, he's being analyzed and dissected. You and I are going to be dissected. And I just hope that I'm not thus and vaviram, that, you know, like, that we don't enter that category. Why are they going to dissect us? Because we're the ones that brought Mashiach. Now, now Rizal says, and the Rebbe quoted it many times, that the Dara of Geulah is the Dara of Hamidbar. It's a Gilgal of the Dara Hamidbar. We are literally the reincarnation. In other words, we're part two, 2.0. And our children and grandchildren will be discussing this. And they'll be sitting with us and asking a simple question. Zagmir, the Moshe Rabbeinu told you that Mashiach is coming. Yeah, I know. He did. But the way he made it sound was he was it was coming today. And 30 years later, nobody didn't come in. So, you know, we'll be honest. We, we lost our mojo. We lost our excitement. It's not there. Okay. Then your great-grandkid comes and says, I, I, I really don't get it. You got 40 years of sikhs. You got 700 sfarim of Chabad Hasidus. I don't know how many sfarim there are. There are tons. You got everything poor than you. You got the Rebbe who, who, who's documented talking the truth. You know, Chaim yeah. Fogelman's great song. He would not tell us lies. And, and he's coming and telling each and every one of us, Mashiach's coming, Mashiach's here, Mashiach's real. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Yidin, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Yidin, Stand back. Atem tacharishim. Stay quiet. The Rebbe didn't tell us that. The Rebbe didn't say atem tacharishim. The Rebbe says, you all be the nations. In that generation, you guys all shrek. As you know, Rabbi Shabbat was talking about the four groups. You stay quiet. This time, the Rebbe doesn't say, He says, go do it. Go be the nation. I'm not, I'm only average. Not only am I average compared to Kusha Lepler, the Chassidim from the Dorelishan, I am average to every person I know. I'm average to the people in my grade. I'm average to the people who have it easy in Shidduchim. I'm happy to, I'm average to those who come from healthy families. I'm average to those who don't suffer from mental illness. I'm average to those who come, who saw the Rebbe. I'm average to those who can, who can write a pupil every single week, etc. All the complexities, the Geshe complexity and the Shlichus complexity and the narratives that we all, t- that some of us tell ourselves aside, yeah, 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 this is the person. The Rebbe calls us, you and I, and he says you, very, the person who thinks they're extremely average. The person who thinks that there's nothing going for them, they don't pick any boxes, they don't make it onto the websites every day as a high-profile mafia. You, you're the one that's going to make the biggest difference in all of history, you're going to bring Mashiach. So let me finish with this thought. The devil loves each and every one of us, unconditionally. And yet there's certain people that the Rebbe empowered. And who were they? So I want to tell you the story of my father. My father was the Vienna Aftanalova Shalom. 
I'm his oldest son, who passed away two years ago at the young age 61. Now, just to give you some context, my father was a 19-year-old Bacher when he arrived in 770. Although he came from the Lubavitcher Mishpacha in Detroit, for whatever reason, he didn't learn in the Chabad Yeshiva. Whatever reason. He ended up learning in Tells, actually. So he arrived into 770, never learning in a Chabad Yeshiva Tana or a Chabad Yeshiva Dela, maybe for a few months. Shows up, and there's a guy, there's a Yid, Rab Zamanaran goes, Pamzal Zangazutenstark, who just opened Sikhus in English. Also a young whippersnapper, young guy. Anyway, why did nobody think of translating the Rebbe Sikhus to English till then? I don't know. But Isaiah was. And Rab Zamanaran eventually moved to Australia. So I'm going to quote Rabbi Eli Tauger, Zolzangazunt, who worked with my father for many years and continues to work in the Mesiv that my brother, my, my brother Shmuel is running. It says it was 1979, just to give you context, 1979, Tafshin, um, Hanukkah times, so Tafshin Mem, my father is 21, 22, 20, 22. So the average age that the guys in a smicha pagadam or uh, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do, etc. Most guys don't see themselves as, you know, major revolutionaries. It's Hanukkah time, and the Rebbe says, all Rashi HaMoistis should show up. Come up. So Eli Tauber says, Yena turns to me and says, let's go up. I said, no, you go alone. You carry the financial burden, so that makes you the Rosh HaMoistis. He says, I still remember that moment. Yena paused thought about what it meant to truly take on the chrayis vasichus in English, straightened his shoulders and went up to the Rebbe. How old was this boy? 22. The Rebbe wanted doers. Whether you learned in tells, whether you come from a chashev ha-mishpacha, whether you don't come from a chashev you're coming and you're showing up and you're saying, I'm ready to translate the Rebbe's Torah and make sure it goes out. But so much so that a year later there was a certain organization that wanted to translate something of the Rebbe in English, and the Rebbe says, how is the shayach listen in English? It's shayach to my Who sings in English? A few bachim. None of them are married. And the Rebbe is saying, my turn in English, shayach to those chayach. So in case any of, and by the way, this is one of my complexes, when like older chavda will come and t- tell us, the younger people, and now I'm starting to look old, so I'm, I'm, I, I, could be, I could be equally blamed. They come and tell us, ah, you need a lot more training before you could do something, etc. Yes, we all need the wisdom of our elders, but the Rebbe empowered youngsters, the guys that were taking on Shlitus, the guys that were, took over Moistus, young people. So what does it mean to Tzvasar Kent? I don't know any Titus. It means literal. Do, 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 do. And here's an idea that I started this year for myself that Baruch Hashem, I never thought would have Atzlacha. I'm a rabbi in a community, 90% uh, not Shem Shabbos, etc. And I thought of the idea by the beginning of the new Rambam cycle to start teaching a daily mitzvah. We thought how many guys would sign up. I know it's been done around the world. Baruch Hashem, 250 people signed up. So then I thought to myself, how about daily chumash? 150 people signed up. Then I thought to myself, how about daily tamim? Another 150 people signed up, and not all the same chedah. And a lot of them, Pashat Chavit, Nat Shem Shabbos, Kashus Leisata. So my advice is, let's go back to basics. Obviously, in Vaisafat, in Yanni Gulu Mashiach, that is being punted today to Amalchus, 
let's do what the Rebbe told us to do. Learn the Rambam. I could say for the first time in my life I'm learning Tanya because I have to teach it. Pedic mem, pedic, like some of the fucking you never learned in yeshivas. I push it like, oh wow, nice to meet you. So whatever it takes, Chavah, let's move on, let's shake it up, and let's bring the scholars of Melech HaMashiach, and may we not have to sit there analyzing what, if, how, but let's see it be, be naim gashmi is amen. Thank you so much. Zaygazans.